Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Rob Has a Podcast. I am Rob Sesternino, and it's it's time for another mass cast. That is right. One of the good friends of the podcast is here on the line from ESPN.com and the author of How Fantasy Sports Explains the World. Uh, it's Mr. AJ Mass. How are you, AJ? Good, Rob. Happy to be here. Yes, very happy to have you back here. I know this is, uh, you know, you never really have a slow time of the year, but you're right in the midst of fantasy football, uh, a, a lot going on. Yeah, it, this time of year, with uh, especially last week with, with like the six teams on by, it's like you really have to like struggle to find like those those depth get players playing that like you wouldn't normally do, and it's like it's like insane with all the injuries going on. Ugh, craziness! It is. It is crazy. Uh, I. I, I it, it was a brutal Sunday for me in the between the real football and the fantasy football. This is like one of these Mondays where I say, you know, no football. Sorry, I'm not going to really just uh, I'm gonna pretend it doesn't even exist today. As a Maurice Jones-Drew owner, I completely agree with you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, real quick, is he, is he done for the year with MJD? Uh, we don't know, but he was he was on the sidelines and with crutches, and uh, you know I've learned crutches never a good sign. <laughs> yeah, not good. You don't often see the player come back out on the sidelines with the crutches. And then what was with like the winter hat that he had? Also, I I don't know these guys <laughs> with their with their with their looks. <laughs> was that, that was what was what was really what was really more crazy for me yesterday was was watching how many of these football players scored a touchdown and thought they were being cute and clever by uh, celebrating Gangnam Style. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I tweeted uh, something very similar about how <laughs> man, I, it's going to be so hilarious when I do Gangnam Style hashtag stuff every NFL player thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like really, guys. I mean, you know. Ugh. Come Why up with you your own so? thing, Victor Cruz. You know he's got the little salsa <laughs> thing. That that's that's cool. He didn't invent salsa dancing, but he's the first one to do that. That's his shtick. Go with it. Come up with something original. You know? right. But AJ, why did it take until uh, week seven here for every NFL player to get the memo that to do Gangnam Style? Well, you know how these things work. They 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 slowly ooze into the public <laughs> consciousness. You and I are a little more, I think, cutting edge. I guess I guess so. We're That's a little bit more hip to the ways of psi and K-pop, aren't we? I guess so. <laughs> um, it's interesting. That'd be like a funny thing to sort of chart where it was on SNL on the season premiere, which was like six weeks ago. Uh, which was basically, I think, what, week one of the NFL season. So it's like it's just interesting to see the pop culture ripple effect. For And the, we now know that the NFL is on the most outer circles of the pop culture pond when you throw a stone into the middle of it. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, AJ, uh, let's talk about, you know, we've got uh, so much going on with the Survivor. And we talked to you back, I think it was August, and we were talking about Big Brother, but we also touched on Jeff Kent, the very famous baseball player and former New York Met who's on this season of Survivor, and we were excited to see him, and I don't think Jeff Kent has disappointed. No, he's he's been, uh, you know, part of the problem was, of course, that we didn't see his tribe for most of the first couple of weeks so it was, it was very very low low uh impact on a lot of these these guys who are left i mean uh, you know outside of malcolm and denise we were focusing on on, on their trials and travails uh, most exclusively but you know he he's certainly been one of the star players of the season uh you know he, he actually has a personality he has a story it, it's it's far more uh, interesting now that we get to spend a little more time with them 
All right, if we're going to rank the former athletes on Survivor here, uh, give me the power rankings of Gary Hogaboom, Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Kent. And, we will, and we'll leave out Eddie George for now. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll leave out we'll leave out uh yeah Taj and and, and her and her uh little little secret friend there. Um yeah, I, I think uh you know Jimmy Johnson certainly couldn't hide his personality, you know, he couldn't hide who he was, so I thought he took a nice tack, you know, his strategy was just like to say, I don't care, you know, hey, I just want I just want to have fun and, and I, I think he was being genuine and honest and I think I think that kind of, you know, took a target off his back. Whereas, you know, Gary Hogaboom's little secretive uh, fake name thing, you know, once he got called out on it, I, I think, you know, that kind of really let everybody aware to the fact that, you know, maybe this guy uh, isn't to be trusted. I, 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 Jeff hasn't done that. Jeff, Jeff is just Jeff. I mean, no, he's not being forthcoming and say, hey, I have a million dollars. I mean, that would probably be a bad move. But, I mean, that's no different than anyone else who, who has a lot of money who just doesn't want to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's fine. That's just normal strategy. Um, I, I, think he's, I think he's doing well. I mean, he's, he's athletic enough that he, he can do the challenges, but he's also hurt. And, yeah. and so he, he, he's not scary athlete. You know, it, it's, it's not, you know, it's not one of these things where, you know, you see a big, you know, football player who's, you know, 400 pounds. And a lot of people have been on the show who had college football experience and things like that. So, you know, those guys look, look physical in our threats like he, he, he's athletic without being scary athletic and i think that that helps him and i i think he's in a really good place right now you know you brought up something interesting that i've never really thought about it would be interesting to see a sort of top 10 list of the top 10 net worths of survivor players to start the game at the start of their survivor experience and, and i don't know if we should like some of these returning players um but you know what I mean? Like, it would yeah. be interesting to see who has been, who is the, you know, the wealthiest person to start to start the game. Because at some point, you got to say to yourself, "What the hell am I doing out here? Why? What do I need this aggravation for?" Well, and I think, but I think that does go a long way to, to saying, like, why? Why are they there? I mean, uh, are they there for the adventure? Or are they there? I think those those people actually are probably better to keep around longer mm-hmm. because they're, they're not going to bail on you. I mean, you know, if you're going to get a, a tummy ache and, ha- and have to leave. You know that, that uh, you know. Sure, a millionaire might, you know, at that point, like, well, what am I doing this for? And, and cut, tap out. But I mean, if if they've taken the adventure in the first place, I think they're pretty much in it to win it. <laughs> yeah, it really, I think, comes down to: are they sort of like the Richard Branson, where they're you know out there for the adventure, and you know the fact that they are made their money themselves, where it's like uh, that sort of spirit drives them to do well in what they're doing or are they sort of like uh yeah my dad is rich and uh you know i don't normally have to do this sort of stuff i just wanted to be on tv yeah well i think i think as long as you can avoid the the details and we're at the point now where we're, we are past it but you know anytime in the like first two or three weeks where if you hear oh, i didn't expect it to be this hard man like that's never a good sign and no. and if they're wealthy on top of that you you know they're looking for the door yeah well let's take a look at lisa welchel who is also, uh, you know, also one of your favorites, as we know from August. Uh, she's down and out, though. Well, but you know what? She's she's down and out in terms of, of you know, the numbers, and it looks like she was on her way out. But really, she's in a good place. Uh, I, I think she's. In a, I don't think she has a chance to win, but right now she's in a good place because she's she was so abused and considered a, a, a negative force for the beginning of of the of the campaign that that. Now she's under the radar, and I was like, "Well, we can always get rid of Lisa." 
you know, it, 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 it almost, it, it's almost like that reverse psychology thing where it's like if you can prove yourself to be a complete useless thing uh, early on and, and, and like be on the verge of being voted out, but then your team doesn't get voted out, it doesn't have to go to tribal council, then you know what? You can actually last a long time because they'll vote out annoying before they vote out useless at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't mean to get off of Jeff Kent so quickly. I feel like there's a lot, there's a lot more to talk about uh, with Jeff Kent. Now, do you think that a career, a life in baseball is something that is good to prepare you for Survivor? Uh, or do you feel like the, the baseball clubhouse is similar to the Survivor dynamics? Well, I, yeah, I, I think my, my experience, I mean, Jeff was on the Mets when I was the mascot for the Mets, and I never saw him because he was the type of person who hermited up, who, who kind of just kept to himself. And, you know, and judging from his relationship when he went to the Giants, and, and, and clearly he and, and, and Bonds didn't get along at all, um, which is a bit of an alpha struggle there. Uh, you know, certainly we don't, see, we don't see alpha males going against each other on Survivor at all. Um, but, you know, I, I think the thing that baseball helps him with is the fact that baseball is day in, day out, very few days off. So I think he isn't going to be surprised that the game doesn't stop. I think he, he is used to uh, being in a situation where, all right, we play today, and then we play tomorrow, and we play the next day, uh, and the game's still going on. You know, he can have a 16-game homestand you know, with, with, without any days off, and he's <laughs> used to that. So I think the fact that the game doesn't turn off, I think he actually has an advantage because he's used to the game not turning off. That's interesting. Um, now, do you, are you implying that Jeff Kent may have given Barry Bonds a, a four-finger handshake? <laughs> I, I think so. I think he might he might have uh, in the on deck circle a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> gave him certainly gave him a, a few uh, one finger salutes. I'm sure. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> funny. Uh, but I've been very impressed with Jeff Kent. I really thought he was going to come out here and really not be that into it. But he's like he seems like he's playing as hard as anybody else that's out there. Yeah, I, I I was pleasantly surprised to see that he's taking it seriously, um, and and I, I like the fact that he's playing it as as Jeff, you know, just just the country guy, you know, and and not Jeff the the spoiled athlete. I mean, he's 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 willing to to play this part of, of someone who you know could just be you know uh, you know a Russell Hans guy, you know, just, you know I just am who I am, you know, kind of thing. But he, he's actually toned down that kind of uh, arrogance. He, he's being very humble and. And I think it is an act, but um, but because he is also a very quiet to himself guy, I, I don't know that it's too hard for him to just you know be like that. You know, I, I think at some point the you know the fact that he was the one who was like from the get go, you know, gathering the troops together and saying well, we got to get Penner out, I, I think certainly speaks to the fact that he wants to be top dog uh, and, and doesn't want any other alpha males around. Uh, I think that fits in with what we know about him. But I have been surprised a little bit about how. Uh, willing he is to play the game yeah did you think it was funny when dawson was rattling jeff kent's cage a bit on uh, the show this week talking about how she would date an athlete but not a baseball player because they're not athletes oh i thought it was, i thought it was very funny uh for the viewer i think as far as game strategy i mean you know if you have a chip <laughs> like that and you see that the writing is on the wall and then you don't use it and you know, obviously, we don't we don't know what what she did that didn't make the edit. But uh, it, it, you know, come on, you, 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 at that point, you got to just go to him and say, "Look, I know who you are. <laughs> let's go. Let, let's go. Uh, I'm going to tell everybody." 
you know, if you vote me out, I'm going to tell everybody. And, and I, you know, we didn't see her do that. And the fact that she left tribal council without blowing up his spot, too, was just ridiculous. Is there like, a fantasy sports equivalent to what went on with Dawson and Jeff Kent? Uh, you know, I think the fantasy sports equivalent might be, you know that uh, a team in the league has not taken their injured player out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. And they're playing your chief rival, and you don't tell them. <laughs> like, hey, dude, you know, you might want to consider taking this guy out of the lineup because he's, like, on IR. Uh, I think that might be it, because, like, it, what are you holding back for? You know? Right. At that point. You know, it's one thing if, they, like, if they're playing you, certainly you don't tell them. Yeah. But if they're playing somebody else and you want that person to lose, why not tell them? And I think that's kind of the point here. It was like, why not? you know, try and get the target on his back and off of you when, you know, you're, you're already afraid of, of the, of the tip, you know, the, the tipping between men and women on the tribe. And, you know, you just lost, you just lost, you know, the numbers. It's like, hello, right. Mm-hmm. Writing is on the wall. Who are you holding this? Who are you holding this for at this point? Yeah. Very good. Uh, we had this come up in, uh, my keeper league. Somebody started Falcons defense, uh, this weekend, you know, teams on by got to you got to pick up a new defense. Uh, yeah, don't Dawson it. So, <laughs> um, you know, is there anything else about Jeff Kent that you, that you want to talk about? I mean, I feel like it's it's very fascinating. Uh, Jeff Kent, the baseball player now, to even look at his baseball career now that we're, we're learning about him as a survivor. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he was an MVP and he he is completely unrecognizable. And I think that says a lot for the type of person he was. He's he's not, you know, he's really not charismatic in the sense the, uh, of a baseball superstar. I mean, you know, most of the time, if someone wins the MVP award, you're gonna like everyone's gonna at least have heard the name. I think he could even get away with using his last name, and some people wouldn't know who he was. Yeah, and well, and I think that that says a lot for how under the radar he can go. Um, you know, in this game, because people aren't going to suspect, I, I think, you know, it's like, oh, if he was a big baseball star, I would have heard of him, you know, kind of thing. Now, is Jeff Kent a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer? I know he is not currently. Is Will will he one day be one? I don't think so. I, I think, I just think the waiting list is, is too long. There's too many other players who I, I think have better resumes for a career. Uh, you know, he did a lot at the second base position, but he also did it at a time when a lot of people were putting up power numbers. So when you you know, if you compare Jeff Kent to other second basemen, mm-hmm. the numbers look really good, and you can make an argument. But I, I think if you compare him to other players at the time, um, no. The thing that might play into that though is is the whole you know, no, I'm not var- I'm not voting for Bonds, I'm not voting for McGuire, I'm not voting for Clemens. They all use steroids, and you know, and. and Therefore, I'm not voting for them. Well, he's never been suspected of any of that. So right. I think as, as someone who was clean and put up those numbers, uh, you know, maybe he gets some consideration that more consideration because, you know, we've got to put someone in the Hall of Fame. We can't put nobody in. But I mean, if, if you ask me as a baseball fan, do I think he's a Hall of Famer? I really don't. Uh, I, I think he had a few nice seasons. Uh, you know, I, I think he was a good baseball player. Uh, I don't think he was a great baseball player. You know, it's interesting too because Jeff Kent. I mean, he'd be on the list of like 
top five people you'd be most surprised to find out if they had ever done any sort of performance-enhancing substances. Yet he played in an era, and you know, and basically his chief rival of Bonds, you know, were so synonymous with that during the era. It's almost like if he had played in the '80s instead of in the '90s, maybe you would talk about him like, "Oh my, Jeff Kent, he was the you know the best second baseman that, that there ever was." Yeah, I mean, it, you know, he he had a really great run from the time he uh, joined the uh, the Giants in in '97. You know, he had a great run where he was hitting between 25 and 35 home runs, but he never hit that 50. So, you know, if he had hit 50 in any season, would have been like, hey, something's fishy here. But he was, you know, he was like 20, 28, 29, 32, 33. It was consistent enough that you figure, well, you know, he's just a good player. You know, it, it, he was in a very potent li- lineup. So all the hundred RBI seasons, it's like. Well, yeah, but mm-hmm. they scored a lot. I mean, is that all him? Uh, you know, I don't know. He, like I said, he he was a very good player. Look, kudos to him for playing until he was forty. And, and you know, you you put in a seventeen-year career. You know, you're you're a really good baseball player. But I think that's what pads his his stats a lot. Is that is the longevity? He, he's an accumulator. Yeah. You know? So now, and he hit in front of Bonds, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, well, you know, he. he Lineups, you know, they were they were all over the place. You know, sometimes Bonds would hit third so they could get him, you know, the 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 extra at bat. So he would definitely hit in the first inning. You know, uh, Kent was more of like a number two hitter, uh, but you know, sometimes he'd bat six. You know, it's like it 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 varied. Okay, I was gonna say that you know, if so, if you have like the greatest hitter of all time who's on the juice hitting behind you. Uh, I mean, th- I guess that sort of like inflates your numbers a bit, and you don't even have to take steroids. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really <laughs> that's ideal if you can get that scenario. <laughs> you know, it'd be nice if we could all just like you know be be at the point in our in our lives where we could you know I don't really want to do work too hard at my job. Can I get someone who's great at my job to be on my team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'd be pretty good uh, alright so uh, let's let's get into it now we're down to only two tribes uh, this week now we had uh, Malcolm and Denise split up and they go off on their own uh, separate ways and, and it looks like both of them have landed in a very cushy spot it looks like they're both uh, going to be in sort of like a swing vote position on both their tribes instead of the tribe saying, hey, let's get rid of this person. What have been your takes on Malcolm and Denise so far? Um, you know, and, and but I can't hear Malcolm and Denise and not think Cosby show. I don't know. It's just, just one of those <laughs> weird things. I think Malcolm, Malcolm Jamal Warner and Denise Huxtable. But um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's aside from nothing. Just my the way my mind freaking works. Um, I, I, you know, I think they both ended up, you know, in really good positions, I think that because because Russell was voted out, I think everyone almost kind of looked at them as like, of course they voted Russell out. You know, if he hadn't had that very public fit and rant, uh, then you know maybe people would have said, well, maybe Malcolm and Denise are working together, kind of thing. There, there might have been some sort of suspicion of them mm-hmm. and, and distrust, but. You know, it's almost like Russell helped them out because Russell went so ballistic that anyone, when they came back, yeah, of course they voted on Russell. And I think that actually took a target off of them that might have been there otherwise. They weren't necessarily, they don't look like they'd be working together. um, And and therefore, I don't think people suspected anything about them working together. 
Um, you know, if they had given each other a hug or some, you know, secret, secret wink, wink when they, when they were split up, I think that might have. Well, let's get out of them because when we merge, they're going to go back together. You know, I, I think they were able to avoid that uh, shadow coming with them to their new tribes, and then you know, Denise probably would have been voted out. You know, but you know, when you when you have an unfortunate you know emergency evacuation, suddenly you're you're not necessarily the odd man out. Now it's like we need you. You know what? We have to accept you at least for the time being to make sure our numbers are strong, and and that really saved her. I think um, Malcolm, you know, is, is so strong in the challenges. Again, I think I think they're both both tribes are, are at this point looking to keep their strength in numbers, and and they're willing to embrace new people as a result. Yeah, the emphasis for both of the tribes has been very much on keeping the strong players in the game, and we've seen mostly it's been the women who have gone home. I mean. Other than Russell, Swan, and Zane, uh, we've had Roxy, we've had Angie, we've had Dana, we've had Dawson. So four women are out of the game uh, so far at this early point. And, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to see, you know, uh, this Katie get picked off here. Um, but again, things shift once the tribes merge. We start taking out the people who are the, the physical threats. Yeah, and, and, and I think because it was so, neither of these tribes had been to tribal. Uh, so that certainly made it more of a thing where it was like, let's just keep it going so that we don't ever have to go versus that, you know, strategy of, well, maybe if we tank this challenge, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. You know, let's get rid of the guy who's really annoying us or the weak player. They, they haven't gone that route because it hasn't been a give and take. It hasn't been one of these things where they even know what, what it's like to be at tribal council before this week. And, and I think, that kind of played into the fact that people were more afraid of tribal council than even strategizing about who should we vote out if we go there. All right, so let's talk about the returning players uh, real quick, and then we'll jump into our 12 archetypes uh, from your book. Uh, what have been your, your thoughts on Penner and Scoopin uh, so far? Have you been impressed by the returning players? Well, you know, I'm impressed with Scoopin in, in just in terms of the fact that it was so long since he was there. Uh, and so much time had passed since this season that uh, I didn't know what to expect as far as, you know, would he just be doing it and then realize, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not meant for this, or would he really, you know, dive in? And he's, he's that much I, I've liked about it is that he's really, you know, embraced this, and, and, he's, and, and he's having a good time, and you can see he's enjoying himself. And I think that is, goes a long way towards why I'm, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him in, in, in that sense, because, you know, he... He probably would have won his season. I, I really think he, he had a good chance at winning his season uh, had he not fallen face first into a fire. <laughs> well, he did for the record, that was hands first. Not I face. know. Please, no hands. We're done with the hands. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it is really one of the great survivor what-ifs of what would have happened if um, Michael didn't fall in the fire. And just, I mean, real quick, we could get in this whole laundry list. Uh, I talked to Boston Rob last week, and we came up. One of the things that somebody had said was, "Do you ever thank Mike Scoopin for not falling for falling in the fire? Because then you wouldn't have met your wife. Because Amber would have been, you know, voted out earlier if Mike Scoopin doesn't fall into the fire. So we have that. Uh, Elizabeth Falarski, uh, you know, who who knows what what her career trajectory could have been? Oh wait, yeah, you mean I? Oh, that's right. I can I can blame. I can blame Mr. Scoopin for the view, can't I? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that she still came in fourth, even despite that. But who you change? It's uh, you know, it's a butterfly effect. You change one thing, you change everything. Who knows? 
Maybe. Oh, if- oh great. We're, we're going to be referencing Ashton Kutcher films. <laughs> great. Dude, where's my immunity idol? Yeah. <laughs> but, perha- you know, perhaps if Elizabeth Florsky, you know, is, you know, first is, uh, you know, second place on Survivor, maybe she's so much, you know, who who knows? To, you know, yeah. Ch- ch- change everything. Um, you know, um, you know, of course, you know, now Tina and Colby, they're not, uh, they don't win. There's going to be a different host of uh, Top Shot. So you know everything changes with Mike Scoopin. I, I, I yeah, it's it's amazing, and and quite frankly, you know, I'm I'm just wait I'm just waiting for this season. You just know that whether it's next week or the week after, there's going to be a challenge involving climbing something, and that scaffolding is coming down. <laughs> I don't know if he's on it when it comes down, or if it comes down on him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, come on! I, I'm sure everybody. Uh, I'm sure everybody gets a cut here, a cut there, or you know, bug bite that that blows up a little bit more than. Yeah. But you know, we're focused on everything, and they, I don't really even think they have to work that hard. Yeah. <laughs> when he starts taking a machete, he's like, "Eh, don't worry about it." Hey, like, oh, dude, seriously, you're making me nervous. <laughs> All right, can we get the real sports equivalent of Mike Scoopin? Is he basically the Ryan Matthews of Survivor? Hmm. Ryan Matthews of Survivor. Uh, he might be. Uh, you talk about someone who just gets gets totally injured. <laughs> gets uh, was, dinged was, up a lot. It's dinged up a lot. Uh, you know, he might not be. He might, that might not be Ryan Matthews because Ryan Matthews. I think you know once once he heals up, he'll be fine. And I don't think it's a risk of reentry. More like a Reggie Bush, I think. <laughs> okay. Or, 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 yeah, I think Reggie Bush would be, apart from the fact that I don't think Scoopin's going to be dating a Kardashian anytime soon. But um, I think Never Reggie know. Bush is more of, more, more of the, you know, a guy who you expect a lot of good things out of, and then just, oh, there's the hamstring. Oh, there's, oh, gosh. Oh, he's, off, he's, on, oh, he's on the sidelines again. I, I think that, yeah, I think Reggie Bush would be my, my comparison there. Although, you know, other than the whole falling in the fire thing, it doesn't look like Mike Scoopin misses a lot of playing time. So he sort of just gets dinged up a lot, but it doesn't seem like it slows him down. Yeah, he plays through the pain. Yeah. Absolutely. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a play through the pain kind of guy. <laughs> Rubs he, some dirt on he it. He plays through the blood, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then what about Penner? Uh, are you a, uh, a, a fan of what Penner's been doing so far this season? You know, I, th- I think Penner... Is is could have been gone if his if you know, obviously a lot came to the fact that his team just didn't go to tribal. I think he probably would have been gone. I, I I don't think he was in the ideal situation. I wish the heck he knew a little bit more about sports so that he would have been able to identify <laughs> Jeff Kent yeah uh, early and, and have some sort of leverage. But I mean, if not for finding the immunity idol, I don't know that he would be long for this game. But I think just the fact that he had found it uh, that certainly now puts him in a position of, of strength as opposed to a position of weakness. And he's really, I mean, we all know that he's good enough to finagle. He knows the ins and outs of the games. He, now that he has some, something, some, you know, something to hold on to, some, some collateral, he, he actually is using it brilliantly, you know, and, and to reach across the aisle, as it were, and, and like say, hey, hey, Jeff, uh, you know, I have this uh, idol. I, I, I kind of think you might know about that. And, uh, you know, you're not stupid. I think you're a very smart man. You know, he, he knows how to play it. And I, I think that that goes a long way to, uh, to giving him longevity in this game. I mean, he's, he's, we know he's smart. We know. Yeah. 
And also, it's just fun for me to have Penner around in the show. I mean, I feel like it, it's just, he increases the drama. He's just a, a good guy to have on any Survivor season. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Alan Alda voice that goes in my head every time he talks, it, 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 it's a little disturbing. I, I wish he sounded different. <laughs> yeah. Hey Jeff, I'm just really, uh, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, that's good. I don't even know if I can do that right, but <laughs> it's just this is that nasal quality. It's just like you don't even have to be paying attention. It's like oh, oh, Penner's on. Oh, there's Penner. Yeah, what's he saying? Oh, he's. Uh, you don't enjoy Penner's dulcet tones? No, oh, it's it's uh, uh, BJ, BJ Winchester. Where are you? <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's jump into your uh, archetypes here that you have very carefully crafted. And, of course, uh, what I'm talking about is from AJ's book, How Fantasy Sports Explains the World, uh, where AJ has uh, in the chapter called Who Would Jesus Draft, which is also very much uh, you know true to Survivor and bringing in religion. Uh, so <laughs> just like Jesus had 12 apostles, uh, AJ stipulates that the perfect fantasy league has 12 people in it and uh, if you do it correctly that the the perfect fantasy league has these 12 archetypes which with 12 people left in the survivor game uh we were going to identify who is who yeah and it's not just it's not just fantasy leagues it's like really this is how any any in a boardroom a, a group of friends i think for it to function properly uh you kind of want to have each of these archetypes because, you know, if you have everybody is the same uh, in a fantasy league, no one's going to trade with each other because everyone's going to evaluate things the same way. You, you you want people with different points of view and you want people to interact. And, and I think that just lends itself to reality television because that's what casting directors are looking for. They're looking for a mix of personalities that come together to provide the most conflict, the most conflict resolution, and the most interesting stories. And and I, it's just amazing that I came up with this for fantasy sports but um, you know, once once I started to applying it to Survivor seasons, I realized that you know, I don't have to I don't have to work hard. When we get down to twelve, that tends to be the twelve people who are left. Okay, and if you want to check these archetypes out for yourself, you can do it. Uh, pick up AJ's book; it's available on Amazon. If you go to robhasawebsite.com/slash AJ Mass, that'll take you uh, right over there uh, for how fantasy sports explains the world. So, AJ, let's jump into this, and you know what? I feel like we don't uh, list out what the archetypes are at the beginning, and so let me let me give those so people can follow along at home, and then we'll and then we'll go through. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, that makes perfect sense. So the twelve archetypes that AJ has identified are the loose cannon, the diplomat, old reliable, the ninja, fresh meat, the idiot savant. The Mad Scientist, the Cheerleader, the Double X Factor, Captain Loophole, the Marriage of Convenience, and the Narcissist. Now, a couple of these are, uh, or, or at least the in the case of the Marriage of Convenience, uh, that's two people. So we might have to bring in somebody who is already well, that, voted that, out. That of is game. two people, and and what we've done for for the purposes of Survivor is we've combined the X Factor and Captain Loophole because uh, in terms of reality television, I think they kind of are can be can be considered the same person or an either or. Uh, only one of them tends to survive to final twelve uh, in, in one season. Uh, you know, with one season with with Cochran was Captain Loophole, uh, whereas last season Leaf 
was the X Factor, and, and <laughs> both of them aren't likely to make it. So we've kind of kind of put, made that a slash line because Marriage and Convenience is two people. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. All right, so let's. Oh, uh, you want to start? Oh, uh, do you want to give us the survivor, or do you want to give us the archetype? Well, you know what? Let's go with the archetype and work our way up um, because I've also ranked these archetypes in terms of who has the best chance of winning. Okay, great. Uh, So if we work from 12 and work our way up to 1, I think that that might be fun to play along that way. Okay. All right. So what is number 12? Okay, the one with the least chance of winning. And this does not mean they have the least chance of making it to the final tribal because you might want to carry them along because they have no chance of winning. But the one with the, the odds, the least, is fresh meat. Ooh. Uh, fresh meat has very little chance of winning because they don't bring anything to the table. They're not going to bring any gameplay to, to the table. They're usually either the person who has never seen the show before mm-hmm. or, or just seems to have absolutely no clue what they're doing out there. Um, Again, this person probably finishes third or fourth in a lot of seasons um, because, again, they're the type of person you want to bring along. Okay, uh, let's uh, if we could, let's give some historical uh, fresh meat. How about a, sure? I- and and I'm going to do recent history, the last two seasons, because I think I think those are freshest in people's minds, and I have the list in front of me. <laughs> but, uh, I was going to say uh, a Natalie Tenerelli. I feel like is a, a perfect example of this. Sure, last season cat would be a perfect example because <laughs> yeah. we all know that woo uh, <laughs> Edna the season before someone who just doesn't seem to have a clue the strategies fall flat they might think they're doing strategy but they're not and this season's fresh meat for me is Carter oh okay Carter Carter seems to be the person who's like all right dudes whatever you want man oh are we in a male alliance cool you know <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever I don't think he's going to bring anything to the table. At all, and I think he's just along for the ride. Can be manipulated left and right. Uh, so he, I, I would be stunned if he does any move this season other than just get manipulated. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, people have not seen much of Carter. I thought that Carter was a shoe in for the ninja, but uh, I will, uh, we'll, we'll see uh, how this is all is going to turn out. And the ninja would be number eleven on our list. The yeah. ninja would, and and because again, the ninja to me the 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 ninja is someone who, if I asked you to go through a list of all the players who are left in, in the game, this probably would be the last person that you come up with. Uh, <laughs> and quite frankly, for me, the ninja is Katie. Ooh, because, okay. before, because before last week, I couldn't have come up with her name. Yeah. I would not have been able to tell you who she was. Everybody else, I would have been able to come up with eventually. I would, yeah, that other one. What, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. What's her name? Katie is the ninja. She has not shown anything uh, to me, before last week, I didn't. I, I wouldn't have remembered her. And and the ninja is kind of a, a a double-edged sword. You can fly under the radar as the ninja and get pretty far. Um, but when it comes time to that final tribal, if you're going to argue for yourself and all the well, I did this and I did this and I did this. Uh, yeah, everyone's going to go. Really, did you? Mm-hmm. Because I don't even remember you doing anything. Uh, uh, you know, a, a ninja takes a long time to get their game going. And and Katie. You know, she's on the outs right now. Uh, she's not long for this game, and I think it's because she was quiet. Very, very quiet. Too quiet. Too quiet, <laughs> right. Uh, Jen from Big Brother, we, we would put into this category. Uh, yeah, Ran- Jen City is absolutely the ninja in that game. Absolutely. <laughs> Rancher Rick uh, probably is the ninja. Uh, Rancher Rick was, was not the ninja. He, he was... Uh, 
he was old reliable. Oh. But, <laughs> but but I mean, you know, that's just because the, you know someone was a little more uh, uh, ninja esque that season. <laughs> All right. He was a little more ninja that season, but uh, yeah, you're not far off. Some some people can fit multiples, but only one per when you when you map it out one to one, only one fits. Yeah. Uh, number ten is the cheerleader. Okay. Now the cheerleader is the person who always is not really thinking about themselves so much as they're thinking about what's best for the tribe. Mm-hmm. What can the tribe do? And they tend to keep tribal alliances after the merge. They tend to be the ones who are like, oh, can't we all get along? Come on, everybody, let's keep our spirits up. Uh, whatever's best for the tribe. Uh, that kind of sunny personality, that kind of optimism, uh, that doesn't mean that they, they, they don't want to win. That doesn't mean that they're not going to turn on their tribe at some point. They can't be manipulated. But generally speaking, uh, the uh, Dawn from, from, from uh, Coach Sophie's Down season. Specific. Is, yeah. Dawn is the perfect example of a cheerleader. She's someone who, who's like, anything for the tribe, let's go tribe. And, and this season, uh, it's, it's, it's Blair Warner herself. Yes. Lisa Welchel, there is no doubt that she wants everyone to get along. She wants everyone to be, you know, let's do what's best for the team. Come on, guys. If we rally together, then we can win and avoid trial. Come on, everybody. Um, those people, again, they're usually not the ones to make that killer move. <laughs> that they're gonna, When the time comes and they have to flip, they, they can be convinced, but odds are they're going to go, yeah, but I have to be loyal to the people I've come with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's usually their downfall. <laughs> AJ, could you go through your 12 archetypes with the cast of the Facts of Life also at some point? <laughs> Perhaps. I don't think they have enough people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd have to go way back to the original show, and they're all ninjas, because outside of Molly Ringwald, does anyone remember anyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we have to bring in, like, George Clooney and, like, uh, all these other periphery characters, Blair's yeah, cousin. Speech. Yeah, yeah Clara Beachman, uh, <laughs> when she took over for Ed's Edibles at the end. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I agree 100% on uh, Lisa Welchel is the cheerleader. Um, so that uh, per- we're perfectly in line on that one. Yeah, uh, number nine, uh, and I, I don't think you'll have a problem coming up with this one either, the loose cannon. Uh, <laughs> the loose cannon is obviously the person who you don't know if they're going to snap at any minute. You don't know if they're going to just completely go off the deep end. I think we all know our secret federal agent, Mr. Shepard, uh, was a perfect loose cannon. Uh, <laughs> uh, last season, it would have been Tarzan. Like, what the heck is he going to do? Uh, he, he's insane. Uh, if you think that they might hurt you or are just totally certifiable, they're the loose cannon. They're, you know this person can't win because at the end of the day, no one's going to vote for them. Mm-hmm. But you know, you might keep them around because they're a perfect person to bring to the final tribal uh, because you know they can't win. Yeah. Uh, and, and do I have to tell you who the loose cannon is? <laughs> well, I just want to also throw in there, uh, I like adding the big brother person in there also. And this is definitely Willie Hans from yes. last season. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I would have to say the hottest head out there would have to belong to a uh, a fiery uh, Brazilian woman named Abby Maria. Oh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, the loose cannon. Yeah, anytime someone says, can we uh, can we just sit and talk for a minute? Like, why do you hate me? Okay, uh, maybe I, I don't know. We're done. We're done. Like yeah, that yes, your loose cannon right there. <laughs> Very good loose cannon impression. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, you know she's got no chance of winning the game because she's gonna she's gonna piss off too many people along the way. But like I said, they can go. She can go to the final three or four. 
Because <laughs> why wouldn't you want to keep if you can if you can avoid the threat of actually being killed in your sleep? <laughs> right. Then, then yes, you want the loose cannon around, but no way anyone's on a jury is going to vote for. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Has the loose cannon ever won the game? I can't imagine. Uh, like I said, I I didn't really start mapping this out uh, <laughs> to the detail to the level you know uh, until a couple of seasons ago. But I can't imagine that the loose can a loose cannon has has ever come close because you, you, when the numbers get short and you have to decide uh, which of the five people in our alliance that are left is going to go. More often than not, you're going to pick uh, the one who is uh, really pissing you off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's th- hey, four down, eight to go. Number eight is the narcissist. Okay. I love me. I am great. I can't make a move that's wrong. I am going to win this game. There, oftentimes, their uh, their little video confessionals are all about you know. Did you see what I just did there? Yeah. <laughs> Archetype, great. Um, and I think Jeff Kent fits perfect into that not only because i had that prejudice going in but i, I really do think he he is the person who has you know I, I you know i'm a millionaire i don't need the money i'm here to win and of course i think i'm going to win and look at how i've already convinced everybody in the tribe to vote jonathan out i mean i'm gonna you know i think i'm gonna let jonathan into my inner circle now and i think i i think he thinks he's playing me but i know that i have the upper hand in this situation i th- whatever move he makes he can't possibly see the, even the remotest possibility that someone else might might be playing him he, he he's on to that person who is you know and i think that's that's jeff and at some point he's gonna be hit narcissists have a blind spot and it's they're not gonna see the blind side coming Okay, we'll we'll see. Uh, Jeff Kent, the, the the narcissist, and I'm sure it did not help him when uh, Dawson was talking about how baseball players aren't athletes. Indeed, indeed, that's <laughs> certainly. Uh, and I appreciate that. Indeed, no pink gun for Dawson. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> What uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's what you want? Okay, <laughs> I want him to buy me a pony. <laughs> I'm laughing also uh, that looking at your book or you mentioned uh, like Siler from Heroes, uh, the narcissist. Isn't it amazing that uh, Heroes feels like that was like 30 years ago that it was, I mean, it was only like two or three years ago. But uh, has any show aged faster than Heroes? What a brilliant first season. And then you started watching the second season. I'm like, oh, did I like this show? Really? (laughs) I totally agree. You know, save the cheerleader, save Blair Warner, save the world. That was great. But, um, you know, once they started getting into time travel and, oh, I can have any power I want. It's like, oh, God, really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Your power is I can have any power and you can't beat me unless you go back in time and change things. But I also have that power, too. It's like, all right, forget it. It's over. It's over. Uh, All right. Who's next? Who's next? Number seven is Old Reliable. Yes. Old Reliable is someone who's, you know, does well in the challenges. They are, they're, they're a good player. They're, go- they're, they're not going to hurt you physically. They're, they're going to contribute around camp. They're not going to make too many waves uh, for the early part of the game. And, you know, you know they're going to be there for you. They're, 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 they're old reliable. I mean, it just, it's just week in, week out. You know what to expect from them. Um, this week, uh, you know, seeing the previews for that, I don't know if, if or, are we allowed to spoil with the previews? I think so. I mean, we're, we're late, later on in the week. Don't listen to, you I know, mean, skip ahead a couple minutes if you don't uh, want to hear. 
Yeah, this week Old Reliable is going to go off a little bit, it looks like, because Artist is Old Reliable. <laughs> yeah. I, but, I mean, up until now, I mean, yeah, he's done his job and challenges. Yeah, he, he's a little upset with, with certain people. You know, he, he's not exactly, uh, you know, he's not exactly uh, thrilled with, with, with everything that's going on and people starting to, to get on his nerves. But I, I think at the end of the day, so far, he's just been a guy, you know, he's, he's been all right. He's, he's been okay. Yeah. Nothing, nothing fancy, nothing, nothing uh, to hold back on, and they, they can't win. But they're the person who you take as the to keep the numbers in your alliance, knowing that yeah, well, when we get down to four or five, you know, then they can go. But uh, he's going to be loyal to us, and 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 you know, he's old reliable. Now I know you're you spend your Sundays watching the football. Now uh, I tend to watch the red zone at least early on, so I don't see a lot of commercials. But then during Jets Patriots, I saw a lot. Of, I saw a lot of commercials and uh, saw some Survivor commercials. What what's going on here? Is somebody is one of the survivors like they're uh, wrestling and then uh, punching another one in the groin? Is this what's, what we're headed for this week? Yeah, yeah. I'm not even. I'm not even sure. But you know, anytime you put the contestants in a challenge where it's okay <laughs> to touch. <laughs> And and they're going you know, it, even if the, if it's not intentional, you're going an elbow will be thrown. You know, <laughs> usually it's been that the, the that you know uh, that basketball game that's been played in 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 the water in the past seasons, yes. where it's like you know, who throws the basketball, but but you can tackle them and steal the ball and, and try and drown them, <laughs> and that's okay. Or, or or it's the or it's the sumo type event where right. push them out, push them out. Those are just asking for trouble, and and I think. On the one hand, they're asking for trouble, but you know, hey, it makes great TV, so why not? Why not? That's right. Yeah, bring bring your cup as your luxury item next season. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. What's what's next? Uh, all right. The next we have we we're going to uh, have our at six spot. We're, I'm going to pass on them for now. But the sixth spot is the marriage of convenience. Uh, the second place because there's always an alpha. Uh, you know, someone's got to be the head. Of the, of the marriage there, there's a power you know imbalance in a marriage convenience uh last year it was you know kim and chelsea but we knew kim was marriage one and chelsea was marriage two uh the year before it was sophie and albert yeah but we, you know, and we weren't sure for a long time who was one and two but you know when sophie says hey back out of the competition and pick that up for me you know like, oh we know sophie's number one and yeah. albert's number two. i think you know, uh, we can discuss who's one and two when we get to uh, the second half of this alliance. So let's let's pass on that for now. Number six is marriage two because it, you know if they make it to the final, it's probably going to be with marriage one, and at which point they lose. Yeah, which is why they're a little bit lower on the scale. But it's Number interesting. F- but it's interesting yeah. though that I was going to mention this that the last two winners of the show have been the people you identified in the marriage of convenience uh, at this point in the game. Absolutely, absolutely. The and the, mar- the marriage won both times, and marriage one has a really good shot at winning. All right, well, because- don't tell us marriage two because then we'll oh, know. No. Yeah, exactly. That's why I. <laughs> hey, hey, this is not my first time on the rodeo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> missed, missed. Uh, <laughs> uh, number five is the idiot savant. Okay. Uh, and y- y- idiot savant does not mean stupid. And I know it's maybe not a PC term to use idiot savant, but. It- it- you know, it, it, we're not talking about anyone other than someone who just for whatever reason gets lucky, uh, makes moves that seem to not not be the right ones, but they end up working. Uh, any choice they make, if, if they happen to seem like, okay, that makes sense at the time, they, they some, somehow it doesn't work at first, and yet they don't get eliminated, and, and then it puts them in a better position. Like The idiot savant 
should not be winning in this game, should not still be here in this game, and yet every week you're like, oh, I can't believe they didn't vote that person out. And it's not from anything that they did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think in this case, Arcee is the idiot savant. Okay. Um, You know, it's like, oh, I'm... I have found the clue. Here, let me tell somebody about the clue. <laughs> okay, let me, hey, you look for it, and, and, and I'm going to go off here and strategize with somebody else. Like, like what? Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Any of the moves she's made, the, the allegiance to Scoop in, the, the oh, uh, Abby, I'm going to search with you, but I'm gonna, now I'm going to piss you off, and then I'm not, oh, I don't really care. Oh, it fell out of my, it didn't fall out of my, I, I'm not going to, oh, I don't, you know, it's like, what? Make a move, figure it out. Do something. Mm-hmm. She, 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 she just seems to me like, wh- why is she still here? It's, oh, it's, it's, it's killing me. It's killing me. I, I always hate the idiot savant um, because they usually end up lasting longer um, you know, than they should. Uh, perfect example, uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon <clears throat> name I shall not be mentioning. <laughs> Brandon was an idiot savant. Like, you know, it gets to the point when you're giving away immunity. Come on, you know, and the fact is it still it really almost still worked for him. <laughs> it wasn't that far of a stretch that him giving immunity to Albert still could have worked for him. Uh, it's like that's how ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and RC just she, I don't think she has has the ability to win, but uh, for some reason, I don't think she's going to be an easy out either. Well, she's really been helped by the fact that she's never had to go to tribal council. That's really and that's been... <laughs> part of it. And that's part of it. Like there were several times when you thought, you know what, if they go to tribal council tonight, she's probably the one to go. Like, oh, well, they didn't go. All right. <laughs> right. I, I think just something happens. There's all of a sudden there's a merge. Like, oh, really? Like, or all of a sudden she finds uh, another immunity idol, or you know, something happens where it's like. I cannot believe, or you know, she's just about, everyone's like, you know, we're going to vote RC tonight, right? We're going to vote RC tonight, right? All right, everyone's on board? Yes, we're going to vote RC tonight. Hey, everybody, tonight's, uh, tonight's uh, tribal uh, has been postponed. There's a, there's a flood. <laughs> and, and while there's a flood, Abby Maria has decided to punch three people, and they've been eliminated from the game, and we've had to take her out, and no tribal tonight. Like, what? Right. Like, several weeks where it's just like, there's no reason they shouldn't go, and suddenly they're still there. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, then, uh, what number are we up to? Three We're up left? to number four. Okay, four. We're up to number four. We're in the home stretch. Number four is the X Factor or Captain Loophole. Uh, and what, what that is, it's either someone who is so familiar with the game that they know it in, in and out, and they, they just know all the technicalities. The super fan is, is, is often this person. Um, or the person who is different from everybody else in an obvious way. So if it was like, if it was like an all-woman tribe and one guy, mm-hmm. the guy would be the different person. You right. know? If, if it was all young people and one old person, then the old person would be the different person. Uh, in this case, it's Scoopin, and he actually kind of fits both, both parts of it. You know, he's experienced in the game, which makes him pretty much different from everyone on his tribe because he's played the game before. Um, plus, with you know, Russell not being here anymore, he's not part of that. And you know, Penner also fits that category, but you know, the... X Factor kind of kind of also combines with the loophole here because Scoopin has played the game before. He knows this game inside and out. He's kind of a super fan as well. And 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 that puts him on a completely different level than everyone else. He's also older than everyone on, on his tribe. You know, it, it, it's just everything that is is different with him. Yeah. And and, and that, that makes him 
stand out and and that's a perfect place to be because even though even though it may put you on the outs early if you've lasted this long in the game you've probably done so by by making enough of an alliance with people that people still think you're you're someone they can vote out at any time but they kind of gone grown to trust you and 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 you know and you know how to weasel your way out of uh, situations you know how to how to manipulate people and and you know as, as I, every time we do this i say he's the rob sesternino of the oh group. <laughs> well i'll take it as a compliment no it is because well it, you know you're number four <laughs> oh, okay you know, you're number you're number four, but you know the game in and out. You know how to manipulate people. You know you know how to take advantage of any situation, and and you're probably going to make it to the final tribal. You really are. It's hard to win because you're probably going to get there with with the marriage of convenience, and that's always going to play against you in the end because you kind of have to win that last immunity. You know, kind of thing to choose it, when when it was a two person thing. You know, you have to like win at the at the end, and it. it doesn't necessarily have to go your way. <laughs> yeah, easier said than done. Easier said than done. You, you, when it comes down to that last, that last, that last immunity, whether it's at four or three, you kind of have to win it because th- at that point they're probably on to you. But uh, you're going to get to the final four almost every time. Okay, well that's that's good if you can get it. If if you can get it, uh, that, that's if you're a loophole. And you were a loophole, my friend. <laughs> you were really good at it. Yeah. Uh, number three is the mad scientist. Okay. And now the mad scientists, if they can make it to the end, have a really good chance at winning. Uh, in fact, I, I think the mad scientist ha- has a really, really good ninety ch- percent chance of winning if they can get there with the right combination of people. If they can manipulate it in that way. But the reason the mad scientist stays around so long is because they they're willing to flip on so many people. They're willing to make moves. They're willing to like be the bad guy. And when you're the bad guy, of course. People want to keep you because they figure, well, you know, if I go up against them at the end, I can win. Um, but also, they're the ones who are willing to flip. So, you know, a lot of times the game comes down to, you know, you have this perfect plan in place and you need the numbers. And, like, all you have to do is get that person to flip. And they say, well, yeah, I'm not sure. Mad Scientist is not, is not only willing to flip. They're, they're going to instigate a lot of flipping. And, and they put a target on them in the process. Alicia last year was... was perfect example of this you know she whatever i'm with you yeah i'm with you i'm with you oh i'm with you no i'm with you yep i'm with you <laughs> uh ms diaz twine okay you know winning twice without having to vote anybody out you, you think she wasn't uh, the mad scientist manipulating and flipping people around she was she was uh, this week this this season it's pete yeah pete He's the mad scientist. He's put. He's always putting plans in motion. He's hiding. He's hiding uh, notes and clues and saying, "Oh, look where that came from." And he's like, "Oh yeah. Oh, you told me where it was. Okay. Well, I'm gonna just. I'm gonna tell you that I have it. I'm gonna tell you that I have it. And you can tell you that. I, hey, anyone know that I have it? I have it. Hey, look, you knew the tribe. I have it. <laughs> he, he doesn't care. He, he's, he's just gonna. I'm gonna bring you in. I'm gonna manipulate you. And and I don't know that that works. Uh. When it comes to the end, because when, as people start to realize that you've been the mad scientist, uh, they might hate you and vote you out. But uh, if, you get, if you get there, and you get there with the right people who didn't make any moves, then I think you're in good stead. It'll be interesting for Pete, because I don't feel like what he's doing is going to be successful in the long term. But you never know. Well, and he, But he's also on a tribe that doesn't seem... To, to be, you know, immune to his 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 maneuvers, and I think that's the point. Like, uh, you're, it's the feeling out process earlier. A lot of people try to be the mad scientist way too early. 
and, and play this. That's the thing. A lot of people try and be these roles. And, and the reason we end up with only one mad scientist at, at the end is because people who try it too early get booted. Yeah. Because, hey, hey, you're playing way too hard. Let's get rid of him. Uh, you have to pick your moment to do it and align yourself with people who are susceptible to it, like the idiot savant, you know, like things like that. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a tough call. It's a tough call uh, when to turn it on, but I think he's turned it on. Okay. Uh, now, who's left? Uh, who is left? We have number two is the first marriage of convenient. Okay. And number one, number one is the diplomat. Okay. And let me tell you, we all know who the marriage of convenience is. We're, we're, you know, it, it's 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 Malcolm. It's Denise. They're okay. the people. They're the they're the they're the unlikely bedfellows who have been thrust together by circumstance. Um, they think as one. They work as one. And certainly that was Malcolm and Denise for the first half of the season. You know, everything we've seen so far. They're the two that they were the. Hey, they were the only two left in their tribe, and they were working together for quite some time. And I don't know if that would have been, you know, a, a long-lasting alliance if you know, it had been, you go to tribal, you go to tribal, you go to tribal. But clearly, Malcolm and Denise have a bond. That's not a bond that's going to be broken. As soon as this emerge, you know if they're, they're probably going to head back to each other, especially because Denise is going to probably need that idol and going to be like, hey, Malcolm, hello. <laughs> right. Can I, can I have the idol, please? But, you know, it, it's just a partnership that, that springs uh, unexpectedly and probably will last as long as they're both in the game. It's unusual because they're on different tribes. But I, I think, uh, you know, Merge is coming at some point, especially if, if you know, the, if Denise's tribe loses the next tribal and she somehow survives. I mean, I think they're probably going to merge at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, she'll go back to Malcolm and, and, and she'll be looking to get a little help. But Malcolm's clearly upper hand here. Well, Malcolm is... I was going to say, uh, it's interesting, though, that we have are now at 12 people, which has been sort of the new time to merge with a three-person final three, uh, and then nine people on the jury. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, you know, you, you don't know. I mean, once we start assuming things, you know that they like to, to play with us. I, I just think, like you said, we didn't know what they were going to do as far as, as, as distribu- distributing Malcolm and Denise, if they're going to just let them, you know, go until, until they were just disappeared, or, you know, but, you know, they probably didn't have challenges where it was a two-on-two challenge and everybody's sitting out. I think it made sense for them to disperse them the way they did. Uh, so, you know, we're at the point where, yeah, we should be, we should be getting jury, at the, you know, pretty soon, right? Yeah. Uh, so let's say, hey, you're on the jury and we've merged. You know, it's common. Uh, that we know. But I think Malcolm is definitely in a better position. He's in a strong position. He's the one who got to keep the idol. Uh, and it, there wasn't much fight there, so I think we know where the where the power balance is. Um, so I, I think Malcolm is, is in good stead, and the fact that he's been able to really ingratiate ingratiate himself into his new surroundings very easily, almost too easily. Um, I, I think he's in a good position on his own. But w- once the time comes, and 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 he can he can easily get the other, you know, someone from you know Denise and and you know whoever else is left, who, who she's friends with, you know, somehow you know Katie survives or whatever, you know, like he can pull them in and, and he's really one of the few people who has that ability at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's really also easy for the marriage as a, as a group to make it because you have that two, two votes to one advantage. You know, you already have someone else, you know, you can trust to, to vote with you. Um, that's a lot easier to get numbers. If you're starting with two, um, you know, a, a Robin Amber, 
Robin Amber, I mean, it doesn't always result in marriage after the game. <laughs> uh, right. You know, that marriage of convenience, it's, if you're a two-headed monster, yeah, there's a target on your back, but you do have numbers. And, and, and we've seen, how many years have we seen where everyone knows who the two people are and, and they don't split them up? Mm-hmm. Just don't do it. I don't know what it is that people don't do it, but they don't do it. And if they did it, it you know, th- th- then I'd reevaluate. But they, marriages last a long time. Not a lot of divorce on Survivor. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of great twosomes that get to the end, and it seems like to me that seems like something that is a like having one other person that you can trust implicitly, especially if you you are the dominant person. Uh, this is a, a great way to get to the end and win the game. Absolutely, absolutely, and and it you know uh, the last two winners, like you said, my la- the last two winners were the person I had pegged as as the marriage number one. Um, it's not a guarantee of winning. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying people that Malcolm is going to win, but, um, of the, of the people left, he's my number two seed right now. Um, this is where I put it. When we're at 12, marriage of convenience, number one is, is the number two seed. And it, it, the, the path to winning, uh, is really smooth if they can make the right moves. Uh, they've, they've got a lot less work to do at this point. They can coast for a while. They can make a and still get there. And so we have not talked yet about Mr. Jonathan Penner uh, in, in terms of our archetypes. So that would leave him as the... The diplomat. The diplomat. The diplomat. Diplomat is the person who can talk themselves out of a paper bag. The diplomat is someone who is able to look at someone in the other alliance and miss them. Miss them, miss them, miss them. Uh, miss- <laughs> Mr. Giesling, yes, I'm talking about him, uh, a, a diplomat beyond reproach. Mm-hmm. Just someone who could just be sitting there, uh, you know, look at Petter. Look, look where Petter was. He was clearly the guy going home. And he knew that he knew there was immunity aisle out there, and he found it. And as soon as he found it, he knew that he was pretty much safe. And then he saw that everyone kind of was looking at him suspiciously, and he said, you know what? I think they think I have it. Let me make, go on the initiative. Hey, Jeff. I have it. Maybe we can work together because you're smart. You're brilliant. You're wonderful. Missed, missed, missed. You're great. You're wonderful. We, I'd really like to work with you. I'd really like to work with you. Please, can we work together? I'd really like to work with you. And, and yeah. And then it was like, hey, Jeff, you know, maybe we can bring someone else in. Maybe we can bring that. Oh, hey, Carter, why don't I'd really like to work with you. I'd really like to work with you. Shake hands, shake hands. Do you have a baby I can kiss? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just he's able to talk his way out of situations that other people can't and he's he's friendly i mean come on he did not who who was it who who was the one who was like why don't you hey why don't you are you okay are you okay are, why don't you get naked and sit in my lap whoa yeah that was <laughs> i mean but who else could pull that off but it was like i'm going to be father figure i'm going to be a father figure right now i'm going to be and and everyone else sees that and everyone everyone else in the tribe is now looking at him a little differently yeah, he's he's not selfish. Oh, he's not out to play this game himself. He really was able to strip down the game and just say, "Look, this is the situation where we're going to take care of a fellow tribes person." And don't think that doesn't pay off. In, you know, in 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 negotiating capital later on, I, it, he's able to take the target off his back in a big way because now he's not just the guy who's oh look, he's always out looking for the idol, or he's always oh you know he's played this game before. Now he's now he's Jonathan who cares about us. Yeah, very caring. <laughs> and it, it's hard to take that the target off your back, but a, a diplomat can do it. The diplomat, yeah, a lot of times it's insincere. Um, you know, coach was the diplomat. Mm-hmm. 
far in his season, and and you know you saw how far he got. In fact, I think I think Coach could have won that game if he had treated the final tribal a little differently. Um, he could have. He, I don't think he did enough to play Sophie and Albert off each other. But um, you know that that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing. If you're able to talk and you're able to woo people uh, onto your team, you have the best chance of winning. Now, Coach dropped the ball. Uh, Sabrina last season was a diplomat, um, and I think had Sabrina been able to go, you know, convince someone to vote Kim out. You know, if she had gone with like Chelsea and Alicia, I, I think she definitely would have won. Uh, you know, she was in a really good position. Just Kim was just really good at the game. And once Kim was in the final, we knew we all knew Kim was going to win at that point. Um, there were a couple of possibilities there where, you know, she could have turned, some, you know, Alicia, hey, work with me. But, you know, Alicia thought, no, I'm, I'm going to go with Kim. And like Chelsea's like, I'm going to go with Kim. Like, uh, but I think she was at least able to last as long as she was with not not winning a lot of challenges, not having a lot of discernible skills in the game, except for the fact that everybody liked her and everyone likes talking to her. And, and that's the thing. Penner, Penner will talk to you. Penner, Penner will, will break it down. Penner will, will like listen to you. Penner will joke with you. Penner, Penner will be your friend even if you're trying to step in the back. And then you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't step in the back because he's being nice to me. And I, I think, I think Penner, you know, any of these guys can be voted out at any time. They, they, there are things in the game that can happen. You know, number one seeds get upset by 16 seeds all the time. But, you know, if Penner aligning himself with fresh meat, who has Carter, who has no chance to win the game, uh, and the narcissist who he can backstab at any time because uh, he won't see it coming, I think that's an alliance that has a lot of staying power. Uh, if they can, you know, now that they have the numbers in their, on the, in their tribe, and, you know, all they have to do is... is you know, avoid tribal for, or if they do, you know, you know, vote out, vote out the girls, vote out the girls, and they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's 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 like you said, one of these seasons where outside of Denise, I don't see any strong women. You know, outside of Denise in this game right now, and uh, we've seen that by the number of times that the women sat out all the challenges when they were sitting out and didn't really raise a stink about it. They were happy to do so. You know, so there you go. So you rank Penner over Malcolm for your pick for the rest of the way right now right now yes uh, like, subject if, to change well i mean that's my rankings right now you know if if malcolm and denise both end up making it you know that kind of tips the scale you know more towards malcolm because he has that vote you know it, it, it's it's flexible as we go but generally speaking my top three on making the final right now uh with a chance to win are penner are malcolm and our Pete. Now, Pete can go out this week. Uh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that those are the three with the best chance of winning. And it all comes down to who are the ones left at, at Final Tribal uh, that determines, you know, eventually who's going who's going to come home with the with the prize. But uh, I like Penner's chances. I really do. Okay. Well, we will see how it all plays out. A lot, a lot to uh, unfold still in front of us. I think this is going to be a very interesting season because if they do merge in the next couple of weeks or or this week or next week i mean you have a very fractured uh tandang tribe which is the scooping tribe of you know they're you know pete is wants to go after scooping and rc and so that's sort of a fractured tribe and then the penner tribe is probably the most uh united group but i mean they only have five people and uh, then they have Denise also, whose loyalty is to Malcolm. So I think this could shape up as one of the seasons with the most post-merge twists uh, out of any season as far as like twists and turns in the strategy of who gets voted out. 
Yeah, and uh, what one of the things that, that that played into I you know when we were discussing how how to how to change Survivor going forward when we had when you had that spreecast uh, you know last year it was like one of the things that you like to see is you like to see interaction between the tribes beforehand uh, so that you don't have these alliances of of five starting on day one that just you know bulldoze through the rest of the season so I, I, I like the fact that by having three tribes versus two. You were able to have a little different dynamic because of the fact that you know three tribes, smaller groups, so that odds are that there wasn't going to be a, like a full six that made it to the to the final. And then you know we finally you know it turned out that we had one tribe that that got decimated. But you know there's interaction between the tribes. You know an, a merge, another merge, some sort of swapping. Like I think you need those things to kind of like try and at least have everybody familiar with everybody else. And I think that goes to your point that with Malcolm and Denise having already had established a relationship and now going to separate tribes, that at least opens the door for some legitimate uh, flipping because, hey, you know, there's someone working on each side who can bring people over <laughs> and, and cause them to flip. You know, I think, I think that's the kind of thing that you're missing in a season where it's like you know, nine on this tribe, nine on this tribe, and it's always us versus them, us versus them, us versus them. I think this gives you a little more leeway uh, to have these, these interesting flip-flops. Okay, so we'll see how it all is going to uh, play out. Um, AJ, anything else that, uh, from Survivor you wanted to uh, mention before uh, we wrap this up? Well, you know, no, I think it's been a really fun season so far. I think they've done a really good job with the editing to make it interesting. I mean, that challenge that came down to the final ball swing was just uh, incredible to watch and fun. Uh, and and you got to love the fact that they, they that they were edited in a way where this week the prize was cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost almost a wink at the audience, like you know what would be better, cookies. That's good. <laughs> uh, I. I if they, you know, uh, uh, knowing, I, I, I only wish that Probst had to, like, really hammered it home a little harder. And something to make any tribe's experience a little more happier. Right. <laughs> Cookies. But, you know, and, and I think they're, they're playing a, with the audience a little more, a, a little more of a winky tone. And uh, it's making the season a lot more fun to watch. Okay. And AJ, I know in the next couple of months, uh, we definitely want to he- get your thoughts on Celebrity Apprentice All-Stars. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, did you see the cast? Um, I have not seen the full cast yet, but okay. I, I saw I saw enough of a list to uh, you know I haven't analyzed it yet. It's, but, pre- you know, it's pretty I, good. It's pretty. I good. saw some of the people who are in there. You know, I saw Brett Michaels and Omarosa, and uh, you know, uh, f- a few of the uh, few of my favorites, few of my non favorites. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll have another podcast for that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I will get your take on Dennis Rodman as a as an apprentice contestant. So. Uh, if Jeff Ken can play baseball, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that being said, uh, AJ Mass, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. The book, uh, How Fantasy Sports Explains the World, uh, go to uh, robhasawebsite.com slash AJ Mass. And uh, you, you have anything else uh, interesting that you're working on? Uh, working on uh, getting a new book ready, uh, probably uh, coming up uh, in 2014. So you got plenty of time to worry about oh. it. I have to write it between now and then, but it'll be a little book, a little mascot memoir book, uh, tentatively titled, Yes, It's Hot in Here, uh, <laughs> because, yes, it's hot in here. Um, but, yeah, we're working on that, and we're, we're having a lot of fun with that. We're interviewing a lot of people uh, for that book right now, some, some of the original mascots, uh, Philly Fanatic, uh, you know, things like that. And uh, it should be a fun book, but we're, uh, we're working on that. Fantasy football stuff on ESPN.com. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Mass, and uh, you know I try to answer as many fantasy football or 
or Survivor reality TV questions as possible. Hey, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. AJ, thank <laughs> you so much. crazy and that Penner can't win? Go for it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, all right, AJ. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us. Always a thrill to talk to you. And uh, all the best, buddy. All the best to you and happy belated birthday, my okay. friend. Thank you very much, AJ. Take care. Yeah. All right, everybody, there you have it. That was AJ Mass, ESPN.com, and author of How Fantasy Sports Explains the World, and former Mr. Met, which is pretty amazing. So that's going to do it for this edition of Rob Has a Podcast. Next show coming up is going to be on Tuesday when we are going to recap the amazing race from this week at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We'll also preview this upcoming episode of Survivor with our Survivor correspondence as well and then we are going to uh get ready to do it all over again we'll do it survivor know-it-alls on wednesday night 9 15 p.m eastern uh right after survivor ends with myself and steven fishback and then on thursday we'll talk to the latest person kicked off the show and then do our big survivor podcast with amanda kimmel so uh lots of stuff coming your way if you missed it over the weekend if you saw the snl with bruno mars I also uh, went through that whole episode with uh, my good friend Rich Tackenberg. We talked about everything from Saturday Night Live from this week and recapped the last couple episodes of uh, SNL. And that's also up for you on RobHasAWebsite.com. And with the calendar getting closer and closer to Halloween, don't be left out in the cold. Get a Halloween costume and make sure you are ready for Halloween. And the best place to do that is at Amazon.com. And if you go there through RobHasAWebsite.com, it's a great way to support the website. So what you should do, if you need a Halloween costume at this late date, go to RobHasAWebsite.com slash Halloween or click on the banner in the sidebar of RobHasAWebsite.com. So that's going to do it for me here today. I will be back with you guys on Tuesday. Have a great week, everybody, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.